Good afternoon. You are listening to Action Line. I am your host, Jordan Lewis. And joining me today is Carl Yucatel and Matthew. I, f- I feel bad. I'm forgetting my last name. <laughs> Cresswell. Cresswell from the Docks and Harbors. How are you both doing today? We're doing great, Jordan. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. Definitely. Now, I understand you've. it's been a pretty busy day for you guys. You got a lot of folks coming into town. Yeah, Jordan. So, um, uh, Docks and Harbors, uh, the department here in Juneau, we're members of the Alaska Association of Harbor Masters and Port Administrators. So, it's the statewide Harbor Master group. And so, we, we're sponsoring a legislative fly-in. Uh, it coincides with uh, Alaska Municipal League. So, we've got about a, a dozen uh, Harbor Masters from around the state that are here to uh, meet with their elected officials and talk about things that are important to uh, ports and harbors throughout the state. Definitely on that front. What's what are the big things going on over our our harbor and our docks? What's going on? Well, as far as the the flying goes, it's always important for us to keep in front of the legislature the importance of uh, the harbor grant program. So the Alaska Department of Transportation has a fifty fifty matching grant program, and. Uh, We've used it. We've leveraged it uh, very effectively over the last 15 years to rebuild our harbors. So that's one thing that we, uh, as a group, we're very organized and very committed to ensuring that 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 funding source continues. So um, just yesterday, Docks and Harbors, we um, issued the plans and specs for the next phase of Aurora Harbor. And that'll be a $4 million project to build a new uh, main float at the north end of Aurora Harbor, which is currently um, empty. And uh, we were able to secure a $2 million harbor grant uh, um, funding um, back in July. So it's very important locally, but uh, all of our harbors are really uh, supported with that, that program. There just aren't federal programs to recapitalize uh, small boat harbors. So the state uh, DOT grant is very important. Yeah, and Jordan, we're we're really needing this. We're we're our wait lists are really increasing for larger vessels, especially in the downtown area, and we're looking really forward to to building out, starting to build out the rest of that north end of Aurora Harbor that's completely dredged to to a good enough deep depth where we can accommodate larger, especially fishing vessels in there and, and start having some relief in the summer for our fishermen that are coming into town to to have a guaranteed place to go. So we're really looking forward to to having some new floats in there in the community is the, the questions keep coming when they're seeing an empty hole in Aurora Harbor going, when are you building docks? And the answer is always when we have money and now we have money and we're really looking forward to starting this project. Gotcha. And now, so I would imagine most of those docks aren't related to the cruises. Would they, they're not related to the cruises, I would think. Yeah, Jordan. So the way we're set up at docks and harbors is actually two enterprise um, operation. So an enterprise, what that implies is that uh, we don't get sales tax or property tax from the city. Although we're a city entity, we're expected to raise revenue to operate and we're expected to um, put away a little bit of money so that we can um, leverage grants in the future. So we have, the, as our name would imply, we have a docks enterprise and a harbor enterprise. So the harbor enterprise supports our four small boat harbors and six launch ramp facilities. And then our docks enterprise supports the cruise ship docks downtown. So the, the funding are essentially firewall between the two. So, um, yeah, the docks uh, projects come from a different source of funding, uh, primarily local head tax. 
Gotcha. Okay. I was. That's interesting to know because I would think, given that it is the city and borough of Juneau docks harbors, reading that and seeing that would make me believe that you would have gotten that sort of city funding. So it is interesting to hear that. Yeah, there, there is. Every five years, we have the opportunity to uh, petition the assembly to get placed on a citywide vote for the 1% sales tax initiative. And so that is the kind of the, the one-off that we're allowed to compete for uh, sales tax funding um, every five years. Gotcha. Okay. Now, I also have your newsletter for the month. There's a couple things in there I want to talk to you about. The first one I want to talk to you about is the resident surcharge. Which can, what can you talk to me about on that? Yeah, Jordan. So in our harbors right now, we have several vessels. Uh, at last count, it was a little north of 100 vessels that are used as, as liveaboard vessels. Um, and we charge a rate. It was uh, $69. It went up with CIP to a little over 70 last year. Uh, for for living on your vessel, and that's to cover things like water, trash, snow removal. Um, and what we were finding, we were having a lot of vessels that people were moving on. We weren't aware of it. People were renting out their boat by the week, by the month. And it's very important for our staff to know that we know who is living on boats, especially in case of emergency, something happens. We need to know who is supposed to be or whether there's potential anybody on the boat. And so we uh, worked with the, uh, with the board, and we are now requiring that if you want to rent a boat, it needs to be a longer-term lease, a six-month lease. And if you're not the owner of the vessel, we need, it has to be approved by, by myself, uh, in, by the harbor master, to have somebody renting your vessel. That way we have accountability for who's in the harbor, who's on the boats, and we're able to keep up with knowing who's around. Okay. And then... If you, I'm not sure if you would have a number off the top of your head, but how many people are living in the harbor at you know any given time? Jordan, I, like I said earlier, I know it's a little north of a hundred boats, and I had the I had the numbers recently for actual numbers of people. It's, it's of course over a hundred. It's probably 180 or so if I had to just guess, but that's that's close. That's in the ballpark. Gotcha. Okay. Then let's see another one I had on here that I want to talk to you about was the North Douglas float. It says it was removed and is removed every fall. What can you talk to me about that? Yeah, Jordan. So North Douglas is is a wonderful place in the summertime when when the the weather's a little better. But in the winter, we get strong northerly winds that affect that Fritz Cove area, and we've got about a two hundred foot boarding float at the launch ramp. And what we found over the years was that when those big waves come in and wind comes into the Fritz Cove area, it just demolishes that dock. So every fall. Usually in October on a really high tide, something above 18 feet, we go over there, disconnect those floats, tow them over to Statter Harbor and Auk Bay, storm for the winter, and then usually the first really high tide in March, we reinstall those floats. So that's kind of a, we like it because that means spring's here. When we start going to do the North, put the North Douglas floats back in, it's, it's, it's time to go to work and it's our season's starting. So we're, we always look forward to the reinstallation of the North Douglas floats. Gosh, it's sort of like a, how we always are like with Groundhog's Day. It's like, oh, winter's going to end soon. At least I hope so. <laughs> it's just our Groundhog Day six weeks later. <laughs> gotcha. No, definitely. That's, that is, it would, yeah, that would be very important to get that moved, especially with, I mean, with if you're having high tide like that. Yeah, you'd want to get it out of there. And then I see there's a updated plan of management, like a land plan, a land management plan. Yeah, so Jordan, uh, this is a 
piece of legislation basically through the uh, assembly. So we have um, a requirement for a land management plan. And uh, what we've done with the concurrence and through a public process, the assembly has approved um, our land management plan, that is the Docks and Harbors land management plan. So all the uplands and tidelands that we manage um, under our charge, uh, we now have rolled that land management plan into uh, the CBJ land management plan. So it's a bit of a, um administrative action that uh, doesn't require redundant efforts from docks and harbors that all the the, the land planning is now uh, encompasses is encompassed in the uh, in the CBJ land management plan. So um, not a big deal, um, but it was administrative action to make sure that uh, we're compliant with uh, with uh, the charter. Gotcha. Okay. Then I see that you're starting to look for s- summer planning and permitting. Like, can you talk to me about that? Yeah. So um, docks and harbors in the in the summer we we issue a lot of permits. So everything from um, buses that leave downtown to um, for higher floats so folks going out on a, a, a charter fishing uh, a charter fishing or a whale watching uh, charter out of Statter Harbor um, to we have certain use permits where um, we allow certain uh, uh, kayak companies to operate out of North Douglas so all these things are those uh, permit requirements to operate uh, safely and consistent with uh, the ordinances and the regulations that we have. So we're just encouraging people, again, looking out. Um, you know, we're uh, towards the end of February. March is right around the corner. And in April, April 17th, we'll have the first cruise ship. So we're just uh, asking our uh, uh, businesses that run excursions to be thinking about uh, getting your your paper together, your insurance requirements, and your applications so that it's not – not everybody's showing up um, <clears throat> on the first day that a cruise ship arrives. So that's what that's about. Gotcha. We're going to be taking a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll have more to talk about. You're listening to Action Line on KNY. Welcome back to Action Line. I'm still your host, Jordan Lewis. At least I hope I am anyway. And I'm still talking with Carl tell and Matthew, I feel bad. Cresswell. Cresswell. You know, it's not even that hard of a name. I don't know why my brain keeps spacing. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Now, we were talking a little bit during the break, but you want to talk about sort of the recruitment efforts going into the summer. Yeah, Jordan. So, Docks and Harbors has a, a year-round staff of around 20. Um, and then in the summer, we plus up our staffing le- levels to we're about 56 or 58 people during the summer. And a lot of that is to support the cruise ship operations. And then we also add additional harbor technicians and harbor officers in the small boat harbors. Uh, this year, we are recruiting presently for up to four harbor officers. Those are benefited, fully benefited PERS positions. We've got one benefited harbor tech position we're recruited recruiting for. Right now, we have up to 10 part-time limited Harbor technicians that'll be doing security down at the cruise ship docks. 
Um, and those are really great positions for people who can't really swing a full-time summer job, maybe college students. They're, they're, they're a non-benefited position with highly flexible schedules. You know, if, if the, uh, employee can only work evenings for three or four hours, that's a huge help to us. It, uh, really helps down at the docks to helps rotate people through on their evening meal breaks. And we've really got something that'll fit almost everybody. And so we're, we're participating this morning in the UAS job fair. We have a representative there. Our boards are out on the, our, our jobs are on the CBJ job board at cbj.org. Um, and we're really looking forward to getting staffed up for the summer. We also have a couple administrative assistant positions that will be posted very soon. So we've got a little bit of something for everybody. And, and Docks and Harbor is a really amazing place to work. You get to deal with a very large variety of people, jobs. There's no two days that are the same in the harbors or at the cruise ship docks. And we're just really encouraging people to look at those positions, get your applications in. And here in the next few days, we're really going to start looking at, at ramping up our hiring efforts and getting ready, like Carl just said. Our first cruise ship is April 17th. And, uh, so it's coming at us like a freight train and we're, we're really looking forward to getting staffed up and ready for the season. So check out the, uh, city and city and borough of Juneau, uh, HR website and, uh, all our jobs will be posted there. And if you have any questions at all, please call me and I'll talk with anybody directly. Definitely. It is interesting to hear that reminder that, you know, that first cruise ship is, it's not really that far away when you think about it. Yeah. Maybe sounds like it is two months out which it is but that's that's pretty close when you really get down to it especially considering how much of an influence that the cruise ships have with the the local economy that's that's pretty big absolutely yeah so it it comes quickly i mean the first ship shows up uh as matt just said uh, the 17th and then basically they're uh they're not here every day um, in April, but uh, starting second week uh, in May, it's uh, all the the docks will be full uh, all the way through the end of September. Gotcha. And then, would you say that they they tend to be full quite often? I mean, I I would imagine that they are, considering how often how big tourism is for the town. Yes, yeah, so when we're talking about full, we're talking speaking about just the number of docks. We have four docks in in Juneau, and so from mid. Mid-May to the end of September, essentially, there will have four ships a day, and then sometimes more than four ships, depending on uh, schedules for uh, vessels that are lightering and vessels that uh, use the AJ dock uh, in hot berth. So, yeah, it's going to be um, a very busy summer. Gotcha. Okay. Now, I want to open it to whatever, if there's anything in particular that you want to talk about. Obviously, I mean, while I may be the host of the program, I also know I don't always maybe ask a question that you want to talk about. So is there anything in particular that you both want to talk about? Uh, Jordan, thanks for asking. I think um, tomorrow we have a, uh, a Docks and Harbors Harbor Board meeting. Um, it's uh, via Zoom or in person at room 224 in City um, uh, City Hall. And we're going to have a lot of uh uh, quite important decisions uh, the board will be making tomorrow, uh, the first of which will be uh, the UAS property. So the property in between uh, Harris and Aurora Harbor is leased to Docks and Harbors, and um, we then sublease that property to a, a local boatyard operator, as well as we um, manage uh, a crane dock there that the commercial fisher fishing industry uses uh, to change out their gear. Uh, it's used 
use quite heavily. But anyway, um, that lease with the university is set to expire in May of this year. And so uh, the board is uh, uh, discussing whether we should uh, extend that lease or um, let the lease expire. So uh, the board has been uh, contemplating this decision for over a couple of years, and tomorrow will be a, uh, a big day for the board to make that decision. Um, so that's one of the, the first topics that is going to be of interest. And I'm going to ask Matt to speak about the Oc Bay Loading Facility and um, what that's going to look like at tomorrow's meeting. Yeah, thanks, Carl. So tomorrow meet, at tomorrow evening's meeting, we have a, a an item on the agenda talking about use at the Oc Bay Loading Facility. That is the facility just north of the uh, – Ferry terminal out in Oak Bay. It's a mixed use facility with a drive down dock and with cranes on it, heavily used by the commercial fishermen. There's a boat yard that, uh, we lease out the boat yard side of the property to a private operator here in Juneau. Then we have a large open area with a, a very large boat ramp or loading ramp that a lot of our, uh, landing craft operators use for transporting freight between, between Southeast communities. And one of the, the, What's developed over the years, one of the big uses over there is the uh, charter boat operators use that facility to pull their vessels, do minor maintenance, and uh, clean the bottoms of their vessels. And we've we've received some guidance from uh, Alaska Department of Environmental Conservation that some of the activities may not be permitted over there for, like, cleaning bottoms of vessels. Um, even though there's no bottom paint on it, it's, it's a regulated activity. We have, uh, a boatyard operator over there who has the permits to do that work. We have, uh, another operator who is looking at applying for, with DEC for a permit to do that type of work. And it's, we're, at Docks and Harbors, we're always trying to find a way to yes for, for all of our customers. But it's a big decision for us for whether we, uh, Allow a, a second private operator to have a permit from DEC to perform work that's already performed by a boatyard operator in the area. So that's coming before the board. Um, it's not an easy decision to make, but we're, we, we like to have these things out in the public process with open, open dialogue where everybody gets input so that a good decision can be made for the betterment of everyone and that the tour operators continue, can continue doing their, their work at, at their schedule, um, no matter how it comes out. So we're just looking to, looking to make it as easy as possible for everybody to continue the activities that have been taking place on the facility for the last several years. Gotcha. Most definitely we'd want to make sure. That everything out there can be, you know, as efficient as well as making sure that you have enough people and there's that regulation out there for sure. Then we got about another, let's say another minute here or so. You got any closing comments? Yeah, I, Jordan, I would like one other thing that's going to be going on tomorrow is um, Docks and Harbors went through a, a rate study, a harbor rate study that finished last September. And so another item that the board will be talking about is how to proceed with a public process for raising rates, potentially 9% across the board. It won't happen overnight. It'll be something that there'll be um, public input and uh, various meetings and outreach. But uh, that's another item that uh, I think your listeners probably want to hear about most definitely and for me it's uh looking at the weather forecast we're looking at some fairly heavy snow coming in thursday night through saturday and if anybody here follows the docks and harbors facebook page or the news it's always posted we have a 
fairly high amount of vessels that when we have this type of weather sink. Um, so I'm always plugging for pe- people to get down, shovel their boats off, check their bilge pumps, make sure everything's secure on their boats, and uh, we're not at any danger of any boats sinking in the harbor. So with the weather forecast, uh, anybody listening, if you got in the boat in the harbor, uh, make sure you have a plan to get down and make sure your boat's safe. All right. Well, thank you both. This has been Action Line. My guests have been Carl Yucatel, Matthew Cresswell, and I've been Jordan Lewis. You've been listening to Action Line on KNY.